Money Matters Wealthy Thinking with Alfred Edmund Jr. Welcome to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm your host, Alfred Edmund Jr. Nobody likes to deal with the consequences of divorce. However, if you are choosing to end your marriage, that choice is being made by your partner, or you are mutually agreeing to go your separate ways, you need to be proactive about protecting and planning for your financial well-being. On this edition of Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, I share some of the basics you need to focus on so that you can get through a divorce with minimal damage to your finances. Also, I've been inviting you to submit your questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast. You've responded with some excellent ones, and I'll answer one on today's show. Listen up. You may not have asked the question, but chances are you'll be helped by the answer. But first, no one likes to plan for divorce, especially married people. However, divorces, like marriages, are about transition. And all life transitions require smart, proactive financial planning. If your marriage is troubled, do your best to save it. But if divorce is even a remote possibility, take these steps to protect your financial health. First, hire a lawyer and a financial advisor to work with you on your settlement, including addressing how the courts where you live will handle retirement accounts and other assets in a divorce. The right professionals will help you to set goals and objectives for your divorce that make sense, despite the emotional turmoil of the process for you and your family. Your current family attorney and financial advisor may not be able to fulfill this need if they are jointly obligated to both you and your spouse's clients, as it would present obvious conflicts of interest. Be prepared to identify and hire other professionals to represent your interests. Next, create a budget for new living arrangements, as well as planning for transition tailored to your next situation. Factors such as children, transportation to your job, moving costs, etc. must be considered and planned for. Face up to and budget for changes in your lifestyle and prepare family members who will be impacted accordingly. For example, you may need to rent a smaller place than the home you now live in with your spouse. Or, your children might have to change schools. Anticipate these and other changes and budget accordingly. Do a thorough review of bank, credit card, and investment accounts, especially joint accounts that can be depleted by your spouse. Remove your name from joint credit cards so you won't be liable for unpaid charges. Do your best to eliminate outstanding debt and avoid creating new debt until you have completed the transition out of your marriage. If a new love interest is in the picture, resist the temptation to make joint financial commitments with that person, such as co-signing for major purchases or becoming an authorized user on their credit card account. Wait until after you've completed the legal process of separating your assets and liabilities from those of your soon-to-be former spouse. Prioritize terms over things and people, particularly children, over everything. That means not wasting money and emotion fighting over stuff. 
Your goal should be to quickly reach terms both you and your former spouse can live with, even if you both don't love those terms. And then to keep negativity and resentment to a minimum so you can both recover emotionally as well as financially. Of course, this can be hard to do. And these basics can be inadequate when divorces are marked by animosity, bitterness, jealousy, and hostility, including domestic abuse. In these cases, it becomes even more important to be proactive to make your safety and security and that of minor children a priority and to get the professional help you need. For great advice for dealing with the financial realities of ending a marriage, check out certified financial planner and author Patricia A. Stallworth, host of the podcast show Minding Your Money 360 and one of the wealthy thinker financial pros regularly featured on our podcast. Her latest book is How to Get Divorced Without Losing Your Blouse, where every woman needs to know to protect her future. Even though her book is targeted to women, her advice is valuable information and wise counsel, regardless of gender. You're listening to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. We'll be back in a moment. To the left, to the left, everything you own in the box to the left. To the left, to the left. Don't you ever for a second get to thinking you replace a Support for Money Matters Wealthy Thinking and the following message come from State Farm, who knows that many Americans struggle with their finances and most have never been taught how to manage them. Starting today, State Farm wants to change that by giving people the tools, help, and education they need to take control of their money, putting financial well-being within the reach of everyone. Now you can find out more at letstarttoday.com. State Farm, here to help life go right. We're back with Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. Each week, I've been inviting you to submit questions you'd like me to answer on the podcast. I recently received a great question from Cheryl in Chicago. Her question, I'm three years out of college and have already earned two raises, but I'm still living the frugal lifestyle of a struggling undergrad. I'm feeling the urge to celebrate my success by splurging a little. What do you think? You may not be particularly thrilled with my answer, Cheryl, but here it is. I am often asked what I would do differently when I was a young adult if I knew then what I know now about managing money and building wealth. The number one thing I would have done differently as a young adult is put my raises in the bank. Specifically, Cheryl, whenever you get any kind of increase in annual income, whether from a raise or promotion, or due to changing employers, go at least one year without spending the increase in your take-home pay. Instead, bank that money, first to establish your emergency savings fund, and then to finance other goals, such as a down payment on a home or starting a business. By resisting the urge to spend your income increase as soon as you get it, after all, you are making ends meet just fine on your previous income, You'll develop the habit of delayed gratification necessary to build long-term wealth. At the same time, you'll be more likely to increase your savings and total net worth over time as you advance in your chosen career. 
Bank every raise you get, Cheryl, for at least a year. You worked hard for it, so put it to work for you, at least most of it, instead of just spending it by upgrading your lifestyle prematurely. Great question, Cheryl. Thanks. Once again, if you have any questions you'd like me to address, send an email to alfrededmondjr at gmail.com, and I'll answer them on future editions of the podcast. That's alfrededmondjr at gmail.com. Or you can follow and DM me on Instagram or Twitter at Alfred Edmund Jr. This is Alfred Edmund Jr. with Money Matters Wealthy Thinking. Get my latest free ebook, Buy Love, Get Trouble, Sell Love, Get Screwed. How decisions in pursuit of sex, love, and relationships impact your career, business, and financial success at grownzone.com forward slash buy love, get trouble. And don't forget to subscribe to Money Matters Wealthy Thinking on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. I'm Alfred Edmund Jr. at AURN.com. Thanks for listening. Come back for more next week. Money Matters Wealthy Thinking, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.